Taylor. Joshua. Welcome back. Surprise. How's your summer been? Good. I haven't really seen you. I was just thinking about that. I know. I've been gone. It's feel like I've been on summer break, kind of. Summer break. I was break. here almost all June. I didn't realize till yeah. we left for vacation. I knew it was gone three Sundays. But usually what happens is um, you, what you do is you... I leave after a Sunday right. to maximize. Makes right? makes sense, yeah. Which I kind of did this trip. We left Monday or Tuesday, I remember. And then I'm like right back before that third Sunday. So I'm gone like three-ish weeks, but I was only gone two Sundays, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. Well, we we got ready. I knew it was gone three weeks, and then I found out from Lindsay we were coming back Saturday. So even that last week, I was gone that whole week. That whole week, yeah. That was a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. it was a long It trip. was a huge trip, though. Yeah, you guys Huge. went so many places. I mean, we did Maine last year, so we did essentially like the symmetrical opposite going to Washington. Oh, yeah. But um, wowzers. It was some driving. And like some parks, it took like three hours to get into the park. Like really? Olympic, we had to drive out and around to the northwest corner. And just, it Ooh. was the most hours I've ever put on a car in one short period of my yeah. life. With six children in it. Six children. They all did good, though. Good. Uh, way to go, Carney kids. Well, the fosters were a handful, but I mean, they did They're good. They were like very they, young Yeah, children. two and three. So we did it. We traveled the world in the seven seas, and I saw some other UBCers out there. You did? Uh, no, I, just on the internet. Also doing national parks. Yeah. So um, the the Broadduses. Yeah, right now they're of, going on a big yeah, national park. Trip. Right, right behind us, the Taylors made it up to Mesa Verde. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna call them honorary UBCers, uh, the Moors. Yeah, um, I would say. Yeah, they. Um, if they. they did, yeah, if they get to church, it might be UBC. Yeah. So. Yeah, UBC is doing the parks. This I year. think I I feel like I've gotten very encouraging feedback from them. Yeah, they're very kind. That of they people. at least are appreciative of what we do here. Yeah. So UBC is in national parks. What yeah. a great summer! What a great summer! Yeah, um, Taylor. But I'm back, and oh my gosh, what a dynamite week we got coming up. Uh yeah, dynamite. Guess, guess what is okay? So maybe the most important thing. Okay. On Friday. That's the day before we leave for kids camp. <laughs> yes. Guess no, what? Friday's your birthday. And I will be. In Michigan. Well, no, I meant how old? Oh, 40. 40 on Friday, and I will fly out in the evening to go to Minnesota. I will spend the evening in Minneapolis at a hotel because I get in late. Okay. But then Lindsay and I are driving up to um, the North Shore of Lake the, Superior, the which is my favorite part of the world. Up there. Yeah, and I'm going to do some reflecting. It's what also our you, anniversary the next day. So. What would you compare it to? Like, what do you mean? Like, what geographical feature? An I just ocean. mean, yeah, if you could, like, sort of describe it. No, like, the area. Like, what about it is so special to you? Well, it's Lake Superior. All the Great Lakes are great. Yes. But it's my favorite That's of those. their name. Yep. Um, so there's that. But then this geographic region, I'm torn. There are, like, four different shores areas that I really love. Yeah. This one, so the north side of Minnesota has some, like, mountain hills that are adjacent to the water in a way that doesn't Ooh. exist anywhere in the rest of the lake. So there are also these tremendous rivers that pour in. Okay. And so Ooh. the intersection of those two things is really beautiful. That sounds beautiful. Um, it's really a kind of a wild area. All of the area around that. I was going to say, okay, that's good to hear because I was imagining like um, a place that felt at least sort of like remote. Like there's not like a million people. No, no. It's, I mean, Duluth is on that corner. Oh, so there are a lot of people. Well, Duluth is like the southwest corner of the lake. Okay. Uh, there's about eighty to 90,000 people there. That's also interesting where 35 ends. 
So 35, which starts in, is it Allentown, Texas? Mm-hmm, I think so. Allen, Texas? Down south. No, Allen is around Dallas. Okay. It's, I think it's Allentown. And it goes all the way up to Duluth, Minnesota. That's crazy. And then to keep going further north, it changes into like State Highway 61 or something. But You guys didn't want to just drive all the way there? Well, we just did drive <laughs> from all the way there. I got in Saturday night. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so there's that. And then Marquette, Michigan is way over in the UP side, kind of above Michigan. And the mostly eastern, southeastern side. And that's about 15,000 people, I think. Okay. But other than that, there's like Thunder Bay, Canada is a bigger, that's the biggest city on the lake, but that's Canadian. And there's another on the eastern side called Sault Ste. Marie. It's kind of big. Okay. But other than that, it's very sparse. And so it's wild and it's beautiful and there's waterfalls and it's just my favorite. I love that. feels like a good place to think. I do think, so this is a random fact. I love random facts. I was looking at buying some property on what I think is probably the cheapest place to buy property left in Lake Superior. Okay. And I know this because I look at Because you've looked it all up. Right, yeah. And I've been studying for years. Um, they actually made that SNL sketch. It's about you. Yeah. <laughs> it is about me. Um, but um, there's this area, and so I, there was a resort for sale, and that's what I was interested in buying. A resort? Yeah. That w- is that where you would do your perfect community? Well, no, because I'd have to run this like a business. Oh, okay. I see. I see. You were looking to run a resort. Yeah. Okay. And um, part of the, naturally, one of the things I looked at was the school district. And it's like a county school district. Uh-huh. Interesting fact to give you an idea of the wildness of this area. Okay. Okay. Um, it is the largest geographic school district on this side of the Mississippi River in the United States. Because it's so rural, it has to dry out from that large of an area to yeah. make a school district. Interesting. To give you, again, an idea of how kind of sparse it is. I mean, the UP really is wild. And I was just in Montana, and I was just in western Washington and all of the Dakotas and saw all this. And I get it. Like, this stuff is remote, too. But, like, um, we all know about that. Like, I don't think people think Great Lakes, Upper Peninsula, it's still kind of hidden. Yeah, I love that so much. That's what I think about West Texas is like, it's just so big. Yeah, it's so vast. You know, that there's like just not very many people. Yeah. Well, thanks for indulging me on the Great Lakes for my birthday Friday. Of course. But Taylor, guess what else happens Friday? This is what the Cosmos did. On Friday? Yeah. What? It started the Olympics. The Olympics start on Friday? Yeah, which I'm bummed about because I think that means the opening games will start Friday. And that's always one of my favorite things. I'm going to be on an airplane. Oh, that is a bummer. So I'm going to see if I can get a TiVo out of the you, What are the opening games? Uh, the opening ceremony. Like the ceremonies? Okay. Well, sorry, yeah. Sorry, don't sorry. you remember like Beijing? Yeah. The opening ceremonies? Yeah. Um, I don't. It's like a big spectacle. Which? I, I like watching this. the actual sports. That's my I favorite I do too. Part. But do you remember the opening ceremonies in 2008? Not really. They were one of the greatest theatrical performances I've ever seen in my life. Like if you like Broadway, I think you would have loved the opening ceremonies. Opening ceremonies. They were so good. I believe that. I absolutely believe that. Well, and um, guess where I was just looking? Where? Guess where the next Winter Olympics are scheduled? Ooh, great question. I don't know. Beijing. Wait, okay. So wow. part of me hopes that they do just a banger of a job of next opening games again. I'm sure they will. I do feel like doing, I do feel like spectacle like that seems culturally important in. Well, I'm here for it. In China, you know? Yeah. That is, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, then the other big thing that happens on my birthday. Okay. Uh, what? This isn't as important to me, but it's important to other people, and I love that they love it, and then it's not my birthday. <laughs> oh, um, backside. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that too. 
What? <laughs> but what's the actual thing you're talking about? Uh, Brother Ted Lasso season two comes out. Oh my gosh. Did you just say that's not important to you? I no. I do think it's important. Let's talk about this. Okay. I just don't. It's not as important to me as it is to other people. It has become okay. a thing. Yeah. I feel like you love Ted Lasso. I did love it. Mm, past it, tense? No, 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 no. It's just like it's the sort of thing. Like what were we talking about the other day? And I was like, explain to me why this is such a big deal. I said, I liked it. But like, what was it was something we were at. I asked you specifically about this. Um, mm, I don't know. We oh, actually no, it was Lindsay and me. I it was. Um, I, so I finally watched the Millers versus the Machines, which, you know, I don't think I have watched. that. It's a new Netflix cartoon. And it like oh. it was a certain pocket. I was no and, and, and thinking about it, it was a lot of millennials. I don't really go in for cartoons. Well, this is all an analogy to get back to Ted Lasso. Okay. But I asked Lindsay, I said, I, I liked it. It was enjoyable. I would give it in a top whatever hundred, but I'm like, I don't get the fervor with which people are behind that movie. And I've less so, like Ted Lasso was great. Yeah. I don't think for me right now, it's a top 10 show of all time. Hmm. I think it's hard after one season to know what's going to happen, but I do think... Um, I do think he's kind of a hero of our times. Yeah, well, this I mean? is the other thing that confuses me, though. Okay. And I don't mean to pick a fight our first. <laughs> this isn't our first podcast back. This is a summer special, by the way. Yeah. But it's like. Um, yeah, we just jumped right in. We did not say anything. Ted Lasso, to me, represents kind of the antithesis to everything that is happening culturally right now. Uh-huh. And so I'm surprised he's a. Uh, I both am and am not surprised. I'm not surprised that I think we need people like him. Well, but he's not just a cultural antithesis. Like he's not over there being like everything is sunshiny. Do you know what I mean? He is like in it. He is in the grit and the grime. He is getting, you know, a divorce. He yeah, is okay. he is being betrayed by his boss and he is responding to those things with grace and kindness. Yeah. And I think that is what is so inspiring to people yeah but like i yeah i don't need to go down this rabbit trail okay we'll talk about this afterwards well, yeah <laughs> i'm gonna just get in trouble okay that's all true he's a very inspiring figure yeah um, yeah and he and, seems to choose that every day and the nate the great guy is great oh my god nate the great and um roy is great a hero and i even liked jamie by the end of the season yeah well you're supposed to by and the end. what's her name pilly keely keely for some reason she's just one of the most endearing television characters ever i uh, yes yes you know what it absolutely. Is? ted lasso I've, feels I feel like, like i'm breathing into the microphone so i'm very sorry to everyone um ted lasso jesus well like i was thinking so i don't want to spoil alert but your muffs but when co when owner betrays him and then she comes and tells he just stands up and says i forgive you yeah i almost fell out of my chair yeah but like um that like he redeemed her yes like jesus redeems people yes because he, he just was like okay i forgive he you readjusted her position within the show so that she could be part of the team and you loved her yeah yeah that's that kind of power he did that yeah yeah ted lasso I also read, well, you know what? I also read a really interesting article about Jason Sudeikis I should send you because maybe that'll make you feel more interested. Well, what's the deal with him? Did he get broken up with his girlfriend recently or something? His fiance of seven years. Uh-huh. Well, maybe he should have pulled the trigger before seven years. but <laughs> Broke up with him. And then like three months later, she was seen dating Harry Styles, who is like a much younger person. Who's Harry Styles? Like, was he? He um... is. He was in One Direction. Oh, is that a boy band? 
Yes, but now he's like famous. So I already don't his... like him. I don't like him. No, no. There's nothing wrong with Harry Styles. No, there's something wrong. He with caused Bain. a stir. He caused a stir. Well, but now he's fam- he's like famous in his own okay. right. All right. He caused a stir a few years ago or a few months. It was actually during 2020, I think, because he wore a dress on the cover of like British Vogue or something like that. Is he bi or anything? And all the. Um, I mean, I don't think we have any factual data about what his sexuality is. Oh, I know where this is. is going. The bi community was upset that he was doing that because he was co-opting their... No, it was the opposite. People were like, men shouldn't wear dresses. Oh, well, we know about that group. <laughs> yeah. That's not new, though. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I'm I didn't, I didn't say like, it was new. I'm just like, of course, uh, everybody was upset he was wearing a dress. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's I didn't. What, I didn't pitch what, you any uh, of that. I just was trying to help you on know. Okay, who he was. so Sudeikis um, uh-huh. is a little bit of a real life Ted Lasso all of a sudden. He, mm-hmm. that's that's you know what that's going to do. That's only going to endear him to everybody mm-hmm. even more. Yes, the sh- and the show was filmed like all that happened before he he was like broken up with. He also um, he won an award for the thing, mm. and I can't remember what it was. Um, Best Human, Mr. Rogers Award. Yeah, Best Human Award. Um, but he, he showed up to the award show. It was like the middle of the night in London. And so he just had on like a hoodie mm-hmm. and was tired. And he, he definitely seemed high. Okay. And so people were kind of like, is this man okay? Mm. And he says he was. And he was not high. But Well, he's a hard read. A yeah. couple of Jason Sudeikis things. First okay. of all, I will say when I first saw Ted Lasso, like as an idea preview, I don't remember what it was. Uh-huh. Not the show. Um, Jason Sudeikis years ago did a short with NBAC Sports, uh-huh. making fun of an American football coach trying to be a soccer coach. He got hired by the Tottenham Spurs, uh-huh. and he does you know all. This, and it's pretty funny. So obviously that in some ways was a segue or an idea booster for this. But yeah. the show is not that at all. The no. show is like a comedy drama that it's has like a, a lot different of, guy. That basically. was just like a two minute spoof. Yeah. Um, but it was just interesting. Okay. Other Jason Sudeikis, I have heard from oh. somebody who did Second City Chicago that um, he. Do you know someone? Yeah. Wow. Um, you do too. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, that said he was a little bit hard to work with. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, we all evolve. Yes. Maybe he's not anymore. Well, you know, he was like a sports guy growing up. Well, what a winner. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. Yeah. This article is really interesting. I'll send it to you. Okay. Taylor, are you so excited about the Olympics? I love the Olympics, but I am pretty mad at them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, well, I got that down to top. But before you get mad, let's enjoy this. Okay. What, um, what are you most excited about? I really like the swimming, and I really like the gymnastics. Oh, yeah. Who, uh, who are some favorite gymnast swimmers of your past that you remember? Um, well, obviously, Simone Biles is very exciting to watch. There's been some drama. She's also not human. Um, I know. I love that about her. Okay. There's also been some drama about the Olympic team. The gymnastics team? The gymnastics team. Okay. Because, um, so they did a team of four, I think, which is the, like the amount you're supposed to, you're allowed to take. And then they did two, um, like skill position people. Mm -hmm. And apparently the, one of the girls that's going for vault is like a pretty, 
uh, divisive figure in the gymnastics like world. Kayla Maroney. <laughs> Do you Michaela remember her Maroney? face? Yeah. Um. No, but I don't. She wasn't divisive before the Olympics. And I don't think she was even divisive. I just that iconic face of disappointment. Yeah. Oh, I feel so bad for her. It's like that is the one thing she was really good at, and it's like she just messed it up. That one moment. That one time. Sorry, the Olympics are so freaking hard, though. I know. I know. And I keep seeing. I just saw. Um. I keep seeing different people tweet like just I'm just asking the Olympics to have like also one normal person do the oh, thing. Oh, that funny tweet. Yeah. Bef- I think it was that Bill Murray that first did that tweet. I don't I have no clue. But one I just regular person for reference. <laughs> I just want to know. Yeah. What would an Olympic like what would a normal person look like when they did the Olympics? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, let's do like a truly like a I want you to find the normalest of normal people. And have them try to do everything beforehand. Yeah. Like, how long would it take a normal person to do, like, a 400-meter hurdles? Do you know what I mean? Good question. And I want to watch them do that before I watch all the runners run, you know? Um, Do you remember the 1996 Olympic women's team? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that Dominic Marciano? Was she on that one? The, I think so. She was like eight years old then. I don't think she was eight. I don't think that's allowed. But I do think she was like 12 or something. Well, I'll tell you what. That was also Dominique Dawes was on that team and Kim Janesco. Janesco uh-huh. or was she 92? I don't. That's when I started paying attention to the Olympics was 92. Okay. Dominique Dawes, that 96 team in Atlanta won the women's competition. Uh-huh. And I remember that being a big deal. I was like, um, you know, I've told you this. We went to camp for like a month every summer. Uh-huh. And we went the month of July. So, like, I did miss some of the Olympics. But I also had friends who lived in Atlanta. So they had to leave camp early to like because they were going to the Olympics. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which Olympics do you remember the best? I don't know. Uh because I don't think I really this is horrible because I know this is like part of the point of the Olympics. But I don't know that I really pay attention to where they are. Like the thing I like the most yeah. is just like the competition of it all. So let's see, oh four would have been Greece, Athens. Oh eight was um two thousand Sydney, oh four was Athens, eight was you know what? I feel like it was probably either 8 or tw- it might have been 12. 12 was me. London. 8 was um, Beijing. Yeah. What was the one where Nastia Lukin and Sean Johnson won? Was that 08, I think? Probably 8, yeah. Yeah, I remember them. And, and then, then so- what's her name in 16 that blew her heads off? Uh, she was the best ever. Simone Biles? Yeah, Biles. Yeah, and, and she's she's like... Who was um, 12? Still getting There great. was also an African-American young woman in 12 that I think won all around. Um... Uh, Gabby is yeah, Gabby yeah. Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I can't. I mean, mostly for the swimming. There was that. There was a girl last year, um, or last time, and uh, Katie something or another. She's really good. Yes. And then. Oh, what about the and then Allie Reyes? Let's not forget her. Uh huh. Who has had a whole career doing great work since then? Yeah. Yes. Who's ringing you are? It's me. Hey, can we just listen to this for a second? Because it's just one of my, it may be the best Olympic moment of my life that I saw. Okay, let's watch. One more time to ensure their victory against the Russians. She prepared. 
Oh, I hate when they do this. I just want to see it. Oh. This is uh, Carrie Strug. She needs a perfect vault to beat the Russians. It's like the Cold War. This was 96. So, not really the Cold War. Oh, this is, it's over. I need to see the vault. Games. Why won't they just and play the there, vault? Strug, torn two. Why? Just stop clicking the so US much. Needed well, God, I hate when people overdo it. We just want to see the vault. We don't want to hear you narrate it. Yeah. There she is. Okay. Dominique Machiano's like 12. Yeah. Ninja Turtle. Okay, well, I won't do that to people anymore. <laughs> but, man, if we could just get the narrator doing that. Oh. Tell you what, Michael Phelps has had some just amazing. Uh, yes, that, uh, Michael Phelps also. And Ledecky. And who's that other? Katie Col- Ledecky. Who's the other Colorado swimmer who emerged a couple years ago? She's tall. Oh, man. I'm, just so really, I'm pretty bad at names, I feel like. And also, I just get so fully into the Olympics while they're happening, mm-hmm. and then I like completely forget about. It's them probably the difference between a present orientation of time watching them in a future, you know. Yes. Like I'm like trying to take in history. Yeah. And you're like, I'm and I'm just like I am watching these people swim. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyhow, I'm excited about the Olympics. Yes. Can you ask me what my favorite Olympic moments are? Of course. Yes. I'm sorry. Carrie I Strug. haven't yet. Okay. That vault, I'll never forget it in my life. Uh, well, that is like. I feel like anybody who's seen that is like, you cannot forget that. She yeah. was so injured. And then she still went and did a perfect vault. And then she like walked off with a broken foot. Yeah. It was unreal. And then um, I'll never forget the Beijing opening ceremonies. Okay. Um, I'll never forget. I watched a lot of Atlanta. I remember, you know, it's like you're a kid. Things just coming of age really. Right. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, how old are you? I would have been 14 and 96. Yeah, so that's like um, that's like pre-high school, right? Yeah. So you don't have like, you know, when you're like 18 grade, or yeah. 17, yeah. you like have a car and you like have think- people to go meet and blah, blah, blah. But at 14, you like, you don't yeah. you don't necessarily hang out with your friends every night yet. And so it's like the Olympics is, you're really taking it in. Yeah. I didn't pay hardly any attention to 2000 in Sydney because that was the summer after my senior year and I was getting ready for college and Lindsay and I were, you know, dating yeah. and you just painted. Oh, four. What I remember is we just moved into our apartment and I remember unpacking boxes and while watching the Olympics in our watch? apartment in Waco. Yeah, those are like our first days here. That's so crazy. So like your co- whole college experience was in between 2000 and 2004. Yep. Two paired by Olympics. Um, yeah. Eight. Best thing. And also an eight is when Usain Bolt emerged and he was <gasps> just. Love it. I mean. We love to see he it. He was unreal. I mean, he was a bigger story than every American athlete. Yeah. Um, Twelve. I remember the opening ceremonies I liked and the closing ceremonies because they were in London mm-hmm. and they did a lot of British stuff. They did some Hobbit stuff, which I liked. Um, and then <laughs> 16 was, oh, where was 16? Rio. Rio. Right? Yeah. I did like Rio. I watched those opening ceremonies. They had. Yeah. I really liked Rio. What's Tom like... Brady's name? Wife's name? Gazelle? Giselle. Giselle. She walked out to that Lady in Eponema song. Oh yeah. And they had that really cool opening. I like those. Usain Bolt still continues to, Don't you know what remember happened at 16 was that Ryan Lochte stuff though. Hmm. Remember that? I just remember that he's kind of a douchebag. Well, anyways. So there's all that. Okay. Now, let's talk about why you're pissed about the Olympics this year. Great. And I pers- I am per- well, I was on vacation. This is so bad, Taylor. I- this is how out of it I was. I didn't know about the Orlando apartment complex condo thing. 
for okay. like four days. That was insane. It's terrible. It's horrible. Yeah. I also didn't have that to talk about. If you want to talk about that, we can. No. I, I was just trying to give you an idea of how out of it I was. Okay. All this to say, I d- just heard about Shikari Richardson. Is that uh-huh. how you say it? Shikari Richardson. And so I did it. First, I saw her for um, some stuff Craig posted about if you want to cheer for a African-American athlete. With. Like, yeah, that. With and like then, orange fingernails and a. Yeah. The whole thing later about being disqualified. Yes. Okay. So um, tell me tell me why you're angry. Well, it's not just Shukari Richardson, but okay. that is part of it. Oh, good. Well, then there's things I didn't know. So um, here to learn. Okay, great. Um, I do think... It, I it I keep going back and forth, or I kept going back and forth for a minute because I kept hearing that it was like the like the Olympics that made this ruling, and that their general rule all of the time okay. is that nobody can smoke weed. Um, but I think then I ended up hearing that it is a. I mean, she so she failed a drug test, okay. and that it was like an uh, an Olympic National Committee decision to like bar her from being able to compete. And a U.S. Olympic Committee or a Olympic Committee? Um, I think it's a U.S. Olympic Committee, okay. and um, uh, that seems to be my impression now. So if I am wrong, um, please correct me. Uh, but uh, uh, the rule it makes me upset. Because the rule seems unfair to me because she was uh, in a place where that is illegal. Like, it is legal to... She was in Oregon. It's legal to smoke weed in Oregon. Is it? I thought it was just legal in Washington and Colorado. No. It's legal so many places now. Okay. Um, And so... um, also, it's like, is there no grace? Like, her mother had died, like, yeah, the week before the competition or whatever. And so, um, also, it's just like, we do have these stories of other Olympic, mostly white men, um, that I know of. So that's not to say that that's the truth. That they have done drugs in some capacity um and it just I, it just felt unfair to me it, and it felt like one of those things that was um thoughtlessly unfair do you know what i mean that people just weren't taking time to think about also i think this is the other thing to me which is not to say that people should get rules broken for them just if they're like good at what they do do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um just mostly that we should have more thoughtful rules but also, like, yeah, I'm sorry. If you're going to outlaw the people who are the best, um, I don't – why am I going to watch? I don't want to watch the fifth and sixth fastest runners in the world race each other. I want to watch the first and second fastest runners in the world race each other. Yeah, okay, so let me extrapolate. Okay. I feel that way about baseball. I wish they would let them take performance-enhancing drugs because I think it's more <laughs> fun to watch. Okay. You know what I mean? Do you think that should be right, though? Uh, no. Um, that's what I'm saying. But also, well, okay. But also, I think performance-enhancing dr- enhancing drugs and weed are different Yeah, things. okay, I, that, that analogy breaks down. I guess my point, though, is if, if a rule were to disqualify a participant, I mean, I, I could think of lots of, like, Josh, 
um, what's the Baylor receiver? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think we should just. I don't think we should just have rules that let people. Um, well, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like I think we should just have more thoughtful rules, which is to say well, that like okay. if you were thoughtful about it, you you should be able to acknowledge that weed and a performance enhancing drug are different things. Yeah, but the I feel like the Olympic Committee has very consistently disqualified people for performance enhancing drugs. That's the thing to test the most. Yeah. So that's not a problem. Um. Sure. But so uh, yeah. So my questions were this. Okay. One. Um, you know, wh- which committee was doing this? And maybe that's moot because maybe if it's just it's a rule across the board, it is. But then the more important question becomes, is this being applied indiscriminately or is there discrimination in the way the rule is applied? Which I didn't research that on purpose, but I was curious. Right. But also to me, it's like, at what point do we say, this is a bad rule? I get that. But like, so here was my, for the record, um, I think that they should we should decriminalize marijuana like everywhere in the world. Yeah. It's that's stupid. But I did think the, here's my thought. Okay. These athletes. Sure. Pay way more attention to their bodies. Yeah. And what they're consuming. Take drugs out of it. Right. Just nutrition. Uh-huh. Then you or I, or everybody else. Right. Cause but, it's, cause it's their job. Right. It's like what they're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, my thoughts were, okay, you obviously know the rule. Uh, it was risky. There was a choice involved. I don't love that it's punitive, but I, I don't feel passionate about it because I'm like, well, you knew. Okay, but well, but here's, I mean, the counterpoint to that point, which is like, if she knew, uh-huh. why did she, like, to me, that's, it makes me think that it's maybe not being um, applied. Like maybe she was behaving in a way that a lot of athletes were and she just didn't get the latest update like you got to stop smoking on the 27th or something right yeah hmm. well it could be i don't know you know like i feel like if you're gonna make your way all to the olympic if but you're then i would way- just say they're all dumb like just don't risk it like you are doing this for go win the gold quit your career and smoke yeah. marijuana the rest of your life it's hard for me it's hard for me because um because i think alcohol is worse for you than marijuana don't disagree and so it's like uh, but at what point do we talk about how this is a stupid rule? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but that's that's like I don't know that Shikari Richardson in the Olympics is like the the linchpin of this discussion. I mean, this is a America problem. You know, what I mean, that's a hundred, like thirty year old drug war problem. Yeah, not just a. But it is stopping her mm-hmm. from like experiencing what I assume is a lifelong dream. Um, and it is also stopping. Because like, she was a gold favorite, right? Yeah. I mean, yes, she has broken. She is like the fastest woman in the world at this point, right I now. think. And we haven't beaten Jamaica for two or three Olympics now. Right. That would have been great. And so I, it's been, this happened, what, like a month ago or something like that? So I feel like I don't have all my freshest arguments the at fervor. the top of my well, head. Well, I was curious. I mean, I, I'll I, now that we've talked about it, I'm going to poke around. I want to see about the what the rule like is which committee yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and how often this is an issue and you know because there could be no name schmucks that we don't even hear about because they're like the badminton yeah alternate and nobody cares sure and i think the thing to me also though is like that it doesn't um in a in a country where the legality of that substance changes from state to state it doesn't seem reasonable to me to have 
an overall policy that is like nobody can yeah do this it doesn't seem reasonable to me it doesn't it's not a good rule it is a rule i mean rules about weed a lot of rules about weed and drugs in general are racist inherently racist policies yeah and so that to me is like is at, it at what is it point, racist in this instance yes how well no i think i i mean i think across the board yes those policies but are like racist. if a white person got caught with marijuana it was i don't think they'd be allowed to compete either potentially we can't know that's true uh, i mean i can't know do you know what i mean yeah because i'm not in there in the ins and outs of the olympic national committee or whatever you know here's the other thing though she's young she could have another olympics i know that's terrible because it's like four years right no she could have another three olympics. Years this even. isn't necessarily the end of her career no and she'll win every world championship but still it is um you know yeah like you said that's just not a good reason to say and also it's like maybe should i have been upset about this role beforehand yes i did not know no i don't no, I never know of anyone who has been blocked from competing because of weed. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was a big deal about that time Michael Phelps smoked weed. It just was like he, it wasn't Olympics time. Yeah. So he didn't have to worry about not competing or whatever. Okay. Here's my next Olympics question. Okay. Well, um, now there is a question about a couple other athletes getting to the Olympics. Okay. And you want to know their names? Sure. Chris Middleton. Uh-huh. Drew Holiday uh-huh. and Devin Booker. Okay. You want to know why? Because. They are competing currently. for an NBA Finals Championship. Okay. And I love that so much. Yeah. Well, the, so those are two of your guys. And, two, then, and then and then Devin Booker plays Devin themselves. That Team USA, though, they're having all kinds of problems. Zach Levine just went on protocol today. So their guards now are thinning. Oh, I did not see that about Zach Levine. So that they're down to eight players. <laughs> And these three, if they yeah. join them, but they're going to be exhausted. They're having stress. Here's the thing, though. That team has Durant and Lillard. Right. They had Levine. They have uh, Bam. What's his name? I can't say his last name. Ever. Bam? Obadabio or whatever. Okay. From the Heat. Yeah. Um, now, international conti- competition is much different than it was 20 years ago. Yeah, much fiercer. But on paper, this team with these eight players should still be able to win it all. Well, and I saw a really interesting interview with Pop. Where they were like, why, like, um, the team America used to be everyone, like, by 100 points. So what's happening? And he was like, that's not true. You're telling a lie. He's just the smartest basketball <laughs> coach there is. I know. I love him. I love him so much. I, he's got to be an eight, don't you think? Yeah. He loves that conflict. He yeah, he it. charges into but it. But he's, he's also very mature. You can see it. He's uh-huh. measured. Yes, yeah, he's not, he charges into it, but not, like, recklessly. Right. Um, well, but I had two more Olympics things I'm mad about. Oh, good, yeah. Okay, great. Um, I wanted to talk finals, but we'll go back. Yeah, we'll go there. Well, I felt us moving that way, so yeah, I wanted good, to. Yeah, good to pull it back. Um, well, there's also uh, swimming, there's an issue, another issue in, in, like, track and field, and then an issue with swimming. Okay. Tell so me. Which, okay, where should I start? I want to hear track and field first. Okay, so there are um, several athletes from, um, I think, a couple of countries in Africa okay. that are being barred from competing okay. because um, they failed testosterone tests. They're, these are women. 
They are cis- oh the high we've talked about this with Castor. What's her name? Um yeah, but it's like sev- at this point it's like multiple people. Okay, I don't Castor Simone I think had already been. She's not doing this year. Bard yeah, um but it's also and then these are multiple other women who were which Castor also was like born as female. Yeah, um, but at least their chemical levels in their body are ambiguous. Yeah, the, their testosterone level. Not of their own doing. Like, it just this just is. Just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is not fair. They got to figure this out. Yes, they have to figure this out. And this is just a way that in which, like, transphobia is, it's hurting everyone. You know what I mean? Like, we, I think culturally, we have to figure out how to deal with it because yeah. none of that is fair. Yeah. Um, no, these, um, these particular cases are going to force hard questions for mm-hmm. humanity that I think are going to have some utility all around, though. Maybe make us all more gracious people. Yeah, hopefully so. And the second one is this. um, The Olympic Committee overall, so like for the Olympics, they um, have barred this certain type of swim cap. And it is a swim cap made specifically for, um, I think it's safe to say, specifically for black women and the type of hair that they have. So that the cat, so that their hair, um, so that they can swim comfortably and why is it banned they did not say why oh well actually what they said was no serious swimmer would need to wear this hat which is an incredibly Mm. racist thing yeah it feels like uh maybe somebody didn't think that statement through yeah and so but they have barred this swim cap you know i have seen the olympic headquarters in the flesh was everyone just walking around being racist? <laughs> it was like the Ministry of Magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's in Switzerland. Oh. And um, I was in a I was in a certain town called Lucerne. Mm-hmm. Lucerne. Lucerne. There's a famous like Lucerne, Switzerland. That's that's not this. It sounds a lot like it, but it's like Lausanne or something. Okay. Down by Lake Geneva, and this is where the Olympic headquarters Committee. are. And so I saw the building. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Well, I'm sorry for the Olympic sucking. Yeah, why place. are they making? Enough? At least here's the silver lining. At least that can't all be America's fault. Okay, that's true. There's other racist people in the world. That's true. <laughs> Not sure that's a straining silver lining. for hands. Okay. 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 Um, Taylor, well, I'm sorry that the Olympics have been so bad for you. I hope you're able to enjoy what happens. I hope all the black people win. That's my hope. Okay, I think there will win definitely some things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hope, though. Yeah. Well, Taylor, I'm sorry for all that, yeah. but I do now want to transition to one the of the NBA. most exciting sports things happening in the world right now. Is it the most exciting or is it okay. the most exciting for you? It is for me, but... Also, Steve, you were talking a lot of trash about, I guess, just the West. Like Western Conference? Yeah, before you left, you were like, uh, Suns... Well, I, I didn't. I did not know how good the Suns were. Yeah. Um... I still, being up 3-2, think they're better than the Bucks. <laughs> Um I think we just, some things we cannot do consistently, and it drives me up the wall at this point. Yeah. I think we may win, though. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Uh, I will say in defense of me. Okay. This finals, and not just because the Bucks are in it, uh-huh. represent everything that could be good about the NBA. And Stephen A. Smith has said exactly the same thing. Well, the fact that this is not Brooklyn- in Los Angeles is so good for the NBA because yeah. this is how interesting the NBA could be. Yeah, this is true. And I would I think, think I think the Suns being in it 
and the Bucks. Like, yeah. I, it's just like they're two team teams. Everybody's like, yes, and everybody kind of just I feel like is like wide eyed about like, can you guys believe like that we yeah. are here? Yes, but also it's like you know, I think the fans feel that way, but yes. I think the teams kind of are like, yeah. I can't believe we're here. This is what we have been working Boston for. Boston and L.A., the Laker fan bases, they don't they don't know. They can't appreciate this. Right. They don't know what it's like. Yes. I'll tell you what. I do know what it's like because when the Mavs yes. won the championship in 2011, it truly was like I just kept being like something's about to happen and they're going to be like, no, no, we made a mistake and you shouldn't have made it this far or, you know, whatever. And then – eventually and then when we won it truly was like can you believe this has happened like this is and it was like also while like you know loving dirk and loving that team and feeling like that's this is what they deserved and but it still just was like amazing to watch also i feel like you should appreciate this okay because like this is the anti-capitalism finals okay (laughs) right like you have a non-major market team yeah and phoenix which, yeah. I mean, it's the fifth largest city in the U.S., but it's not right. a sports destination. Right. And these teams got here not through – they. I mean, the Bucks grew their big two. Yeah. The Suns grew two of their big three. Yeah. So you have Holiday and Paul who were purchased. Uh-huh. And Paul came – like, it's not like teams are trying to get him. Right. right. He's old. Yeah. So the one thing that's hard, and we talked about this, is Chris Paul literally is my favorite player in the NBA that was never a Buck. Like, I've loved him for years. Really? Wherever he's gone. Yeah. And so I had also heard that he wanted to come to Milwaukee. I didn't know this. Mm. And that they wanted Holiday instead. Interesting. So, but I was like, who thought Paul would emerge like he has this year? Yeah. I actually feel like in the finals he hasn't. Well, that game one he was hot, but he has cooled. Yeah. The other thing, though, is the reason they bought Drew Holiday was to play defense. And I think he has given Chris Paul hell. Yeah. He, yes, that's true. And yeah, I do feel like Holiday has really done. What they needed him to do. Yeah, but he's been inconsistent. Really? Yes. I mean, he's had two out of four good games. I'll tell you who, though, has emerged in the playoffs. Who? Chris Middleton has become a number two. Oh, yeah. It's been crazy to see. I mean, see. and honestly, they want the ball in his hands to close out games because Giannis can't shoot free throws. So he's like a number <laughs> one, essentially. But, I mean, he, I cannot tell you the amount of times he has hit in clutch shots. And you know what I love about – um, uh, what I love about, like, things like this – is of course you always hope that like as many people stick around as like can after you win a championship uh-huh. but there are people who are going to leave and it's like some of these younger players it's like their careers have been made by these performances mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and that is just so exciting to me that like you know when you when you get drafted by like the suns for sure um you sometimes I think for some of them it's like okay I gotta wait out my time here and then I can go somewhere right. else, and also like but I have to make an impact like yeah. it's a lot of pressure to feel like I'm never gonna get pulled from this place, uh, or like you know make a good contract somewhere else if I don't if I don't make it clear that I am like a mover and shaker or whatever, mm. and so it's just kind of fun to see on these teams in smaller markets. That it's like, yeah, these are good players who deserve to be yeah. respected. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I just love that. I always, well, you know, I think we've talked well, about this. I'll say another thing. Having watched that Eastern Conference semifinals between Brooklyn and Milwaukee, uh-huh. I am nervous 
that when that team is healthy about what's happening in Brooklyn, they're never going to be able to be beat again. Uh, yeah. Hopefully not all of them can stay for very yeah, long. They, one of, somebody needs to leave. I Kevin like, Durant. Yeah. He's not a human being. No, he's so tall and his arm span is insane. I've never gotten so angry. I mean, the bucks are only in this position because of an inch. Right. Because his foot on that toe or that, on that line. Yeah. It's insane. He was so good. Yeah. So something's got to happen in Brooklyn. Somebody yeah. needs to leave. Something will. That, I mean, you know, there that's are, the good thing about big egos and big markets is people have ego and they leave. Yes, but that's what I think. That's a. I don't think it can possibly last very long because of personalities. Yeah, my one hope is that um, you know the Bucks, Holiday, mm-hmm. Middleton, and Giannis are all tied up for four years after this. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so they could do something. That's amazing. Yeah, and what I really hope is that Lillard or Steph gets disgruntled and comes to Milwaukee. Um. There's a bunch of people. Well, Lillard has gone on record and said, I am not trying to leave. Yeah. I um, just, where there's smoke, there's fire. This stuff never works out. I know. I think he's going to be in New York. Um, well, a lot. There's a lot of like Dallas fans that are hoping. Dallas hopes everybody. Else. Um, that's not true. Not everybody. They were talking to Giannis before it was even like. Okay. Before, like last summer, you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do think Dallas kind of hopes everybody. Um, but Lillard was seen in Dallas recently. I'll tell you what, though. We, have we talked about this? Rick Carlisle up and leaving? Yeah. It was a choice. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think the franchise had to make a choice between him and Luca. Which, um, Luca's kind of been a little bit of a hot pocket lately. Um, what do you mean? Well, Carlisle left and now he's talking about being disgruntled. Yeah. Well, that's what, I mean, I think the choice is like, if... Like, we have to try to make him. He's clearly great, uh-huh. but I think he's a little young in his career to be he's this noisy. very young, but he also played professionally before he even made it over here. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? He, I, this was stunning. It was on the radio I heard. It was ESPN in Dallas. Mm-hmm. He is, at this point in his career age-wise, mm-hmm. exactly where LeBron is statistically, only like average one point less a game. Wow. Yeah, like it's staggering what he's doing. Yeah. Well, that's it. it he's really a franchise is. player. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Which is like, you know, Dallas loves that. And he's like that wing position, that shooting guard that are tall. Uh-huh. Like that's the new NBA. Yeah. Like that is your marquee player, and he fits that so well. Yeah, and he can. He's a six-six point guard. Yeah. Well, yeah. He really is places like a shooting guard. Yeah. Anyways, well, we beat this to death. Go Bucks! Game six tomorrow night. I could be a very happy individual, or I could be... Well, on the edge of my seat. You don't have to be sad if they lose. No, I just feel like me and Wisconsin really need this. I need it for my 40th. <laughs> you That's what I need it. and Wisconsin? Yeah. You really need it? Yeah. Okay. 11 was the Packers. Okay. You know what? 11 was a big year. The Cardinals, my favorite baseball team, won the World Series. The okay, Packers that's won the painful Super Bowl. to talk about. Please don't and talk to me about that. And then the Mavericks won the NBA Finals. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, what yes, a great yes. year for us. Yeah, it was a great and year. And your, your baseball team took second. Yeah, it was horrible. Do you remember that game six? Like it was the best day of my life. And the worst of mine. But you, Although the Rangers are like my third. I was going to say. But yeah. still, once they're there. No, I know. I get it. I get it. You know? I'm sorry. I hate that there's conflict for us. But I mean, objectively, <laughs> like fine. if you look at lists, that is one of the greatest World Series games of all of time. Of all time. On lists. Oh, so. well, at least the Rangers are in it, yeah. but it was I had forgotten the Rangers went back the next year. Break. 
heartbreaking. Yeah, we lost both of them. Giants. I feel like we lost both of them in that game six, actually. Yeah. Like, that's what it it felt like. (laughs) We lost franchise in it. Yeah. They sent the team out of the Arlington. Yeah. Uh, It was just a... It was so weird. Okay. Um, Taylor. Yeah. We should move on as 40... We should have called this the sports episode. (laughs) A couple of other things. Okay. I wanted to tell everybody I saw Cruella. Which you've heard me you've rant about twice. You've been very excited about it already. I just, the, so, okay, there's several things that are obvious for me. One, a lot of it takes place in this British manner. Okay. That yeah. is, and the, the way that the cinematography, it's all gothic-ish. Mm-hmm. The, so really your vibe. Yes. The score. I'm so excited about the score. Okay. So I have had a concern okay. that since really discovering Hans Zimmer background Inception... Uh-huh. Or the actually the first Batman movie was my Zimmer falling in love date. Okay. That I've not had another young composer emerge that I'm like, okay, I'm good at the future. Yeah. John Williams is low, old. James uh-huh. Horner died in a plane accident years ago. Wait. John Barry's old. Uh huh. Um, Hans Zimmer is carrying a lot of weight. Okay. N- Hans Zimmer is carrying a lot of weight. Nicholas Bertel. Uh huh. And I'm now starting to find his discography. He actually did the Underground Railroad movie. Hold on. Oh. The Cruella score. Uh-huh. Is unbelievable. That's good. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I I think that movie could appeal to so many people on so many levels. Yes. You know who it doesn't appeal to? Who? Tove? Evangelicals. Oh, well. Neither do I, so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't either, so I guess we're all on the same page there. Yeah. We've got the same draw. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I just wanted to plug Cruella. Okay. Hey, one more thing, pop culture. Okay. So I said this at the end of last season, Mm -hmm. but you know now that I've seen um, an actual... Um, pilot for like not a pilot. What's a two minute thing where they show you a, like show? a trailer? Trailer. Yeah. The Wonder Years. Oh yeah. I'm so excited. Are you? I it haven't seen great. a trailer yet. It looks yet. great. You're gonna love it. Okay, I'm very excited. I did love the Wonder Years. Dule Hill, and they oh, even Dule they, Hill. They're using the same Joe Cocker song at the beginning, and it's set in the 70s. Uh huh. So. It's set in the 70s. I, that would be my guess from watching the outfits and the interactions. And okay. It's like going to be the kevin arnold story elsewhere uh-huh. it's going to be cool that's exciting can i tell you two travel things i picked up yeah um well um when i was um traveling of course there are these large swaths of places where i don't have um things to listen to because the internet quits on me right yeah so I have well, found out. Well, you're supposed to download them before. Well, I did. I'm going to get to that. Okay. But also, there's a feature on Amazon Prime Music. Okay. And on Pandora called Offline Mode. And oh. I think what they must do is like preload. A bunch of things. That Based on your listen history. Uh-huh. And I just sailed right through these dead zones listening to my music. It was I so love great. that. Yes. How thoughtful is that? Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. I found two dynamite podcasts. Okay. I have a really good podcast, too. So I'm going to recommend them. Okay. They're called Unsalted. Okay. And Teach Me About the Great Lakes. <laughs> okay. And they're both about the Great Lakes. They're both about the Great Lakes. I love them. It was so much fun to binge those. Okay. All right. What's your podcast? Um, It's called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Oh, my sister sent me this. And Christianity Today is doing um a podcast about... Is it um Mark Driscoll's one? Yeah. Okay. Um, it is fascinating. But are you surprised by anything, though? Um, I am 
surprised by how quickly. Um, I'm surprised by a few things. They have several stories. Okay. About Mark Driscoll being like incredibly, increasingly kind and generous to other people at the beginning of his ministry. Uh huh. And I did not know quite how like male centric his particular viewpoint was. And I don't mean like about him because he's a male. I mean like he was just out there saying like, I'm glad that women and children come to this church. But the main type of people I am trying to talk to is men. Oh, I see. And they would have like, yeah, I'm just, it has, um, nothing has been like, oh, I had no clue it would be like this. Yeah. But some things have been surprising to hear. Hmm. And also they talked about um, a conference that I think they had at Mars Hill um, that was like sort of very um, like diverse. And it was like, I can't remember who they were talking about um, in the morning. I mean, it was like R- Richard Rohr was there. And it was like they had a lunch. They mentioned a lunch that was hosted by like Native American Christians who talked about how like they still are waiting for their people to receive the full weight of the gospel because of like their experience. Like they still don't feel like the gospel has been brought to their people because of the oppression that they experience in the mm. United States. And um, and then he gave this like breakout session where he like um, some of the other elders or people working for the church were a little shocked. Like they weren't that shocked. They were like, he was just always doing crazy, like shock jock kind of things like and yelling at people and blah, blah, blah. That was his vibe. But he came, he was sick, but like refused to stay home, insisted on coming to lead this session. And then for like two hours, he just yelled at people about how like, um, like ecumenical work is like bad. That like listening to people of other religions is like a thing that like sends people to hell or something like that. It's wild. And yeah, I mean, it just has been like, like I said, nothing like. Oh, I didn't imagine anything like this was happening. Like, of course, I imagine still like, like the that. specific narrative of how this unfolds is yes. fascinating. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that. I need to listen. And he's like doing it again in Phoenix. Yes, he is. And I heard a recent story about him being psycho again. Yes, was it about the family who's like? Yeah. His son was like yeah. their son was dating his daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Come on. Remind me to tell you another story off the air that okay. I just. It was a learning moment for me about okay. this. Also, because you mentioned Phoenix, I did want to say I also read an article. This is jumping back to basketball a little bit. But I read an article about Devin Booker and like he is um, Hispanic. Like he is, I think his mother is Mexican. Okay. And so part of like his like mel- like gelling with the franchise and like the city of Phoenix is like he has gone on record multiple times as saying like, that he really has been able to sort of connect with his like Mexican heritage. That's cool. In Phoenix. Yeah. It's like really that. cool. Me too. Where did he go to college, you know? Uh Booker? Yeah. Kentucky. Oh, that's right. For like Man. one I think for like one year. Like that class too. That was Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That team. Yeah. It's sick. Was that that team that went to the final four and lost to Kansas, I think? Um, it was he graduated in twenty fifteen, so or no, he didn't graduate. He left. He started. Yeah, I think that might have been them. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't. Because really they Wisconsin that. beat Kentucky that year, upset them, 
And then they do during the regular season. No, in the final, it was the final four. Oh, okay. Like they were 38 and one and Wisconsin beat them. Okay. And then Wisconsin was spent and they lost to Duke in the finals. Mm. When, um, what's his name? Okafor, Julio Okafor, I think was the big stud Mm. then at Mm -hmm. Duke. Mm -hmm. But, and that was when Frank Kaminsky was a senior and Sam Decker was there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, all that great stuff. Thanks for the podcast tip. I have two things left. Okay. We should tell listeners that on 610. Okay. Um, like the day after our last, we recorded our last I, It podcast. must have been. I got a text and a picture <laughs> from Ben Rayleigh. Yeah. And we are here to tell listeners. We have happened. solved the mystery of Josh's lost communion bread. So if you on remember, on, what was it, Easter Sunday? Easter Sunday. I brought up my choice Asiago cheese bread for communion because <laughs> I want to be in the full presence of Christ when I take communion. Yes. Of so course. why not use the best elements? Very wise. Wise of you. And I brought the whole loaf and I set just a, took a slice or two for my family Yeah. and I came to leave that day and my loaf was gone. <laughs> and, um, uh. well, Ben tells me mm-hmm. that that loaf of Asiago cheese bread emerged from underneath his seat in his car <laughs> and that, um... Maybe Quentin yeah. was the culprit. Yeah, maybe. Stole my bread. Yeah. And didn't eat it. Let it rot under the seat. Yeah. Well, he just wanted to, he also wanted to be close to the bodily presence of Christ. Well, he's a kid, so I can't say <laughs> But I see. Uh, was it Quentin or Zeke? I don't know. Oh, okay. I actually don't know. I shouldn't okay. blame either room. I don't know. Um, so listeners, we found. We found out. Yeah. We, we solved the case of the missing bread. And thankfully, Josh is capable of buying more bread. So no harm, no foul, really. Yeah. Well, Taylor. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I have one thing. And let me admit before I get going. Okay. There is a, a veneer of my patriarchy left in the lens with which I bring this thing. Okay. So um, if you're rolling your eyes with the me? Galentines in the back of your head. I get it. The, with the galentines in the back of my head? Yeah, you know, like you and other women. Like my friends. Yeah, yeah, my my gal pals. Okay, so I listened to Gloria Steinem on Shattered Glass. Okay. This is um, Monica Padman and Kristen Bell's new series on Oh, Dick interesting. Shepard. Okay. This is the second time I've listened to a Gloria Steinem interview. Okay. And I will also say, and who knows because she was being portrayed, but when... Um, when she was portrayed by, what's her name? I Rose. That beautiful woman. Rose something or another. No, She's yeah. in the Peter Rabbit movies. Uh-huh. Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne, yeah. In um, Miss America. Mm-hmm. I thought the vibe she gave off was also very um, similar to what I got in the podcast. So I don't know if she did character study. Okay. I would guess Gloria Steinem is a nine. Interesting. Yeah. Um, But I... Have thought she was tremendous in both interviews. Really, just tremendous. Great. Um, but I did also notice, and this is the I really part. Uh, she even I wrote this down though. One of the things she talks about is leading from values and not anger. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, like I really, when I listen to her, am able to hear her content mm-hmm. because she just well, it's all nines. Like nines are really disarming to me. Are they there? Is there yeah, to everybody? You no no, you in particular. Yeah. Like nines. And so they, I do not think they are disarming to everybody. Oh, okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> um, I was able to really hear her. 
Yeah. Both times. I just, I found myself really liking her a lot. Yeah. Thinking this is a tremendous leader. This is somebody who's saying a bunch of really great things mm-hmm. and is doing it in a way that, for me, that is very constructive and helpful. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to plug Lori Steinem. Oh, good. And I think it's just a little bit surprising because, and I was reminded, there are all kinds of leaders. But, mm-hmm. you know, she's such an icon of that movement. But she's she very un, not in the way that I would have guessed she was. Well, here's an important thing I think to remember about nines. They go to three in stress. And so if she is implementing. No, in health. Or in, they go in health? Yeah, to three. I go to nine in stress. Threes, nines go to six in stress. Nines go to six in stress. Mm-hmm. Threes go to six in health? Mm-hmm. That's when I do my constructive thinking and not judge. Health. In health mm-hmm. then. Yeah. So when she's healthy, she goes to a place that's like. Yeah. Um, very productive and efficient. Do you mm. know? Like, I think that's part of being a three. Yeah. Is about like getting things done is important to them. Yeah. And so that is some energy she can access. And also if she has an eight wing or, you know, nines can sort of do both mm-hmm. eight and one wing. Like those are also places that are like, this is, you know, sort of have a sense of like what's important and how work is important and stuff like that. And so, um, I think, yeah, she's, and and I'd imagine at this point in her life, certainly she's probably a pretty healthy person who has access to kind of all of those things. And so I think that's good. I wish her voice was louder. Um, do you mean like on the podcast or, do you mean like in general? Like you in wish general. she was still... I mean, I think she's older now, so she probably yeah. can't bring the same energy to what she did in the 70s. Right. But I just thought... Well, and also I think it's probably hard. I mean, the 80s were... I'm sh- I, thinking back now on like yeah. Ronald Reagan and like being a woman in the 70s who had led protests and... Yeah. It's probably it was probably extremely defeating and depressing. Yeah. Um to live through what must have felt re- like regress regression as a society and also and also just I have been thinking so much lately about like the AIDS epidemic and like the amount of yeah. people that died and how that was unnecessary, you yeah. know? Um so it seems like it was it like it's one of those eras where there is like a lot of the, you know, the Ronald Reaganism t- was like kind of like very, you know, uh, what am I thinking? Sort of like sort of good old like fake American value type thing. Like of like, you know, a family with 2.5 kids and everybody's got shiny hair and teeth and um, you stuff know like really that. Interesting? But then actually what was going on was very depressing. What? Um, I listened to Ron Reagan Jr., I think it was his name. I don't know if that's his name. Uh-huh. On Conan. Oh, recently? Uh, this spring. Okay. And um, he's very critical of the right. Of his, Not of, of his, his dad's his... politics. Okay. Like the current right era. Well. And he's also an atheist. A I think. lot to be. A lot to be. Yeah. And I guess that's not a minority camp, but like the whole atheism thing, he's like not that moral, whatever, kind of upright Republican. Interesting. Very um, interesting. Yeah. And also I think it's interesting... Um. I just think family dynamics are so interesting in general. Like, it was you that talked about finding videos of Abraham Piper, right? And oh, how, yeah. 
Yeah. The that the whole Piper fan that's a documentary waiting to be made. Yes. Waiting to be made. Yeah. Absolutely. For people who don't know, we're talking about John Piper's kids. He has two. Well, he's more than two, but Barnabas yeah. is a I think pretty cool headed, conservative evangelical ish, but thoughtful tweeter. Sure. Like I don't. He doesn't make me mad ever. He just is like, yeah, okay, that's. And then there's Abraham Piper. Who is like a foul mouthed? I just use that like to describe how he would be perceived by evangelicals. Sure. Um, like thoughtful humanist atheist. Yeah. Who does these rants <laughs> on mm-hmm. all kinds of topics? Yeah. Not um, just. I think that's the thing is like you could, if you found his like TikTok or his videos, you don't necessarily know that he's John Piper's son because it's not like he's not always ranting about religion or something like that. Yeah. And I would say this, he, he, my guess is a seven with an eight wing or somewhere in that neighborhood, mm-hmm. maybe a six of some kind of phobia with seven. Wing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he, he has this aura about him, Abraham, mm-hmm. where he almost feels forced to me. He, yeah. Yeah. Like he works on jigsaw puzzles. I think. Well, they say sevens and fours, two sides of the same coin. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. He's got that creativity. You think it was out of him. Yeah. Oh yeah. It seems. Yeah, definitely. So. I haven't. I've just watched the TikToks. I haven't really seen anything else. So, oh, can I do one more thing? Of course. Okay. So you know, I was, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse. Okay. But there was the whole resurgence of this, um, this spring over uh, Kristen Dumas and Beth Allison Barr's books, and my thing was great books. But I'm like, wow, we're doing this again. Um, there's another one now, on okay. Twitter. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Not a book, <laughs> a, a movement. Okay. Um, I feel like now we're doing purity again. Um, or like swimsuits and stuff. Well, I think what's coming up is like people are like, you know, so people are writing those, you know, we had a number of women writing books kind of saying like, yeah, complementarianism is wrong or like, you know, women in ministry is a good thing. Um, and so then I think what happens is you know, the most conservative people feel the need to respond to that. Um, and and I do think I've just seen a number. Well, the purity thing, like swimsuits, that I think was started because this man wrote a song about like like a little prop, like a little funny. Oh, that's right. That's right. Funny song about. Okay. I'd forgotten. I'd like, seen that before I left. I was off Twitter for three weeks and it was the best thing for me. Yeah. I needed to just get off Twitter. Mo- uh, yeah. But it was about like modest is hottest. Yeah. And, that's like, what it was. Um, I'm always going to tell my girls to dress modestly. And I mean, just like many people were like. So that's kind of sparked this. Yeah. I just am like, yeah, I don't like who who's still saying these things, you know? Yeah. Actually, this guy. This guy. And and then I have seen some responses that have gone kind of viral. One guy who used to be a youth minister, or maybe is a youth minister, wrote um, yeah, I saw this an apology to all the girls he'd made go find one piece swimsuits. And mm. and I think sort of fairly was like, I'm and I'm sorry that I made you feel like your body was like a dangerous thing. And, and that was helpful. Yeah, very, I think. See, this is one problem. I think threes, maybe this is just me. Mm-hmm. I think I take in an experience, internalize it, and then just kind of assume the world. Moved with you. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I find this all the time in my life in different ways, which makes me concerned sometimes. Like, I don't know. I shouldn't be preaching. I don't really know where people are at, you know? <laughs> well, but yeah, okay. I don't know that the most important thing is to know where everyone is culturally or whatever. But it just not ended my wildest dreams. Do I think okay, summer twenty twenty, we'll be arguing about whether or not women should be wearing bikinis. Right. 
just wouldn't what but I also guess. some of it is like i mean you know culturally like what the waters i swim in it's um well that's probably it just right it's where we live yeah this is like the type of people i am around most and where we follow that's on not what media we're yeah what, what we follow on social media yeah like they're not um Especially if I'm looking to be informed by those, you know, like, or formed generally by those, like, things I follow on social media. It is, like, they're definitely not talking about whether or not women can be pastors because I wouldn't want to be formed by some place where it was, like, right. a com- even a conversation, really, you know? So, but certainly not a place that was, like, no, women cannot be pastors. I, I'm not really interested in being formed by that do you know what i mean which is like you know my own choice about Mm -hmm. my formation and blah blah blah. okay but yeah well taylor joshua it was good to check in with people this summer so good i hope they just have us queued up so we pop up as a thing and they didn't forget us about us but happy summer everybody we'll be back in probably a month or two yeah i think i said beginning of september i think we said yeah beginning of september but just wanted to check in so like six weeks this is halftime yeah Love the Olympics. Maybe we'll do a post-Olympic show. If we're so excited about what happened. Yeah. Yeah. If something really exciting happens. Yeah. All right. Well, Taylor, you know what they say. What do they say? Bye. Bye.